0: Hi, I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Marty Harding. And welcome back to another episode of Animation and Beyond.
1: Yes, welcome. This week we're talking about a very fun, very colorful franchise called The Trolls.
0: Yeah, so just from DreamWorks Animation, and the third movie, Trolls Band Together, is out the 17th.
1: This movie is highly anticipated for a number of reasons, one of them, of course, being that The first Trolls movie back in 2016 did so well. It's beloved by kids and adults alike. The second one did almost as well. And so people are looking forward to this third movie. In addition to that, there's some new music coming out with this movie that people are very excited about, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. Because Trolls is first and foremost, our word of the day. I got this right here, man. It's a word of the day, new words. You could say new words for your rhymes and for your wordplay. By the time you leave this video, you'll be smarter than you was before. It's time for word of the day, new words. You could say new what's words. What's our word for of your the day, Ezra?
0: For your jukebox musical. And what's a jukebox musical? It's like a musical, like movie or show. that has like a bunch of different, like famous songs from other things or by famous artists in a movie.
1: Yeah. So it's a musical where, instead of having an original score written for that show, the musical components of the story are already established, pre-released, and often really popular songs and music that people will be familiar with and able to sing along to. Yeah. All the Trolls movies are jukebox musicals. But what are some examples of some famous songs that we heard in the first Trolls movie?
0: Like, Move Your Feet, Dance, D-A-N-C-E, It's a Sunshine Day in the beginning of the movie. That song was Move Your Feet, and it was by um, Junior Senior.
1: Yeah, so that's a known and popular song that was sung by Anna Kendrick, who did the voicing for the main character.
0: Well, another song in the first film, which is well known, is September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Of
1: course. Yeah. Everyone recognizes the opening riffs to that song and loves them. So... As you're watching the movie, you hear September, you hear Move Your Feet, and you recognize them.
0: And in the second movie, there's popular songs like Hurricane by ACDC. Mm-hmm. One scene also had Atomic Dog by George Clinton.
1: Nice. Yeah, and I think that the Trolls movies do a really good job of using popular songs from a span of genres. Like, they even have the gorillas in there.
0: I know, and Trolls band together... Some of the songs in that movie I know will be by or by NSYNC who are having a reunion in the movie for the first time in over 20 years.
1: That's right. So that's the one new song in the third movie. But going back to what makes these jukebox musicals, I feel like I should mention what a jukebox musical isn't because sometimes there's some confusion there. Some musicals are about artists. They portray artists performing the songs and those are not jukebox musicals because if the music was written and performed by the character, then it is not necessarily happening in the world that the story has created. Trolls are in their own fictional fantasy world and sometimes they just burst into song and those songs happen to be songs that we know. So this idea goes all the way back to the 1700s the first ever known jukebox musical was called The Beggar's Opera, and it was a satirical show where it used as its score and music parodies of really well-known melodies from existing songs, even back in the 1700s.
0: Interesting, where it was stage way before there was screen-like film like we know today.
1: Exactly, and there are a lot of classic stage jukebox musicals too, hence the term musical because musical originally just applied to stages before they started incorporating music into film. So some classic stage jukebox musicals are Beatlemania, which is using entirely the music of the Beatles, a show called Elvis, which was about Elvis Presley and used his music, the show Good Vibrations, which used entirely the canon of the Beach Boys. Buddy Holly, the Buddy Holly story, which told the story of Buddy Holly's life with his music. And lastly, Motown the Musical, which used a select number of classic Motown songs from that era. And that's an example that shows that sometimes a jukebox musical can be a random selection of popular songs or a more specific artist, or it can be A genre or collection of songs so like Motown or 70s rock or something like that
0: I know that like the Pitch Perfect movies and I also know the Sing movies are jukebox musicals as well as um the show Glee
1: yeah some of those though I would argue that Pitch Perfect is not a jukebox musical because the All of the musical performances in that are performances that are happening as part of the plot. It's not the, it's not the characters bursting into song. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yes, and I know Becca, the main character from those movies, is played by Anna Kendrick, who voices Poppy, the main character in the Trolls franchise.
1: That's true. They both feature Anna Kendrick's incredible singing voice. That's for sure. Yeah, I know. So what are some other popular film jukebox musicals?
0: Maybe Mamma Mia or the film Rock of Ages based on the Broadway show.
1: Yeah. And the Rock of Ages uses a collection of classic 1970s rock songs. Yeah, I see. I think Mamma Mia is the most famous jukebox musical. Mamma Mia kind of did jukebox musicals a service by bringing them back to the limelight with its huge success in 1999. That movie used entirely the music of the Swedish music group ABBA, which had a cult following already, but since then has gained an unfathomable amount of followers because of young people who love that movie, myself included.
0: I forgot to mention also the Alvin and the Chipmunks films I would also consider jukebox musicals.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, those are great examples. Alvin and the Chipmunks sing popular songs.
0: I know, yes. So I think I'm ready to talk about the Trolls
1: franchise. Let's get into our feature presentation. Yeah.
0: Trolls, the first movie which came out in 2016, was made by DreamWorks Animation, known for iconic franchises such as Shrek, Madagascar, Kung Fu Panda, and How to Train Your Dragon.
1: Yeah, DreamWorks is an unstoppable studio, and they hit it out of the park with Trolls, I gotta say. What makes Trolls unique as a franchise?
0: The colorful characters and the world they live in and how their, like, world is from, like, craft and, like, patched and, like, collage style.
1: Totally, yeah. And the Trolls themselves are based on a real-life toy. They're called the Good Luck Troll Dolls, and they were created by this guy Thomas Dam who then formed the Dam Company, and that company owned the rights to these dolls, which were based in Scandinavian folklore, until DreamWorks bought the rights to the dolls in 2013 in order to make this franchise.
0: I know, and I know the Trolls dolls have been around since the 50s, and they know there has been, like, music albums and, like, little shows they did of them, and they've even had media appearances such as appearing in the Toy Story movies.
1: Yeah. And these trolls are kind of funny because they kind of for me switch up everything that as a kid I thought I knew about trolls like I grew up in Seattle where there is literally a giant concrete scary looking troll under one of our big bridges. Trolls were always supposed to be this spooky, creepy monster that would grab you if you walked too slowly over a bridge. Or like Three Billy
0: Goats Gruff, there's that scary troll.
1: Exactly. Yeah, those were the kind of stories that I grew up with. So it's fun to see these colorful, happy characters being the protagonists of this franchise now. I know. I forgot
0: to mention in 2005, there was a short-lived show called Trolls ending in Z that was on Nickelodeon. That's right. There was also Super Trolls Islands, which was is a game made in the 19 19- in 1994. Cool. The first movie, which came out in 2016, was about the trolls who live in happiness and harmony, but then there's those hungry, grumpy ogre-like creatures named called the Bergens who just want to eat the trolls cuz that's only why they would that would make them happy.
1: Right, cuz the trolls are so happy that if they're eaten, they bring the Bergens happiness.
0: Yes, and then there's King Gristle, who's the king I remember, and then there's the evil chef, who I remember I found pretty scary, I remember, and then the trolls run away from the Bergens and then that's where they build their civilization. Everyone's happy except for Branch, who's just pretty negative and pretty harsh and stern.
1: Yeah, they call him a survivalist because he's kind of a skeptic about their happy existence. He thinks that the Bergens are going to come back, which they do.
0: And he's the the polar opposite of Poppy.
1: Definitely.
0: I know. And he tries to warn everyone. Then the chef comes who captures them like Biggie, who had the chubby blue one, Mr. Dinkles, voiced by comedian James Corden. I forgot to mention Anna Kendrick voiced Poppy and Justin Timberlake voiced Branch. And I know her other friends like... DJ Suki, Cooper, the giraffe-like troll, and the twins, Satan and Chanel, as well as Guy Diamond, were all captured by the evil chef, and Poppy goes out to save them. And I know her father, King Peppy, voiced by Jeffrey Tambor, thinks it's dangerous, but Poppy does not want to give up.
1: That's right. She's determined to save her friends.
0: Poppy realizes it's harder than she thinks, and then Branch comes at first, is unwilling to go with her and then they reach Bergentown to find her friends. They meet Bridget, who the chef mistreats and falls in love with, voiced by Zoe Deschanel. And I remember Poppy and her friends try to look for Creek, who got captured by the chef. But I remember the plot twist when Creek turns to the dark side. Creek, I remember, voiced by Russell Brand.
1: Yeah, there's a big plot twist in the first Trolls film. And then the Trolls teach the Bergens
0: they don't need to be happy to eat them, they can just be happy from their heart, and all just be friends and get along together. And at the end was the very popular song that was in this film, introduced for this movie called Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake.
1: Yes. So that was the one kind of original song that was released with this film.
0: And I forgot to mention the cloud guy. I really liked him. He was so funny. Like, I liked his handshakes he did with Branch. I thought he was hilarious and friendly. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Now let's go to the talk about the second film. What was that film about? It was set like a few years after the first. It was about rock and roll. And I remember the villain of the movie was Queen Barb, who was the leader of the rock trolls voiced by Rachel Bloom. And I know she was kind of misguided. She just wanted all the realms of different music only be under rock, like classical, country, hip hop. And I remember she sends out bounty hunters like a jazz troll, some K-pop trolls, I remember, on their on a mission to take over those realms. And I remember Guy Diamond returned, and he had his own child named Tiny Diamond, voiced by Keenan Thompson, who's gonna be one of the main characters in the sequel. That's right. And I know uh, one of the side plot was that was that uh, Cooper was trying to look for uh, the trolls that looked just like him. I remember, and there was Hickory, who was one of the country trolls. He was actually a yodeler troll.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was wild.
0: Yeah, and I remember Kelly Clarkson was in it as Delta Dawn, the mayor of the country Trolls. Mm Mm-hmm, with her amazing singing voice. Ozzy Osbourne was in it as well. He was one of the actors in this one. And the song in the beginning was Trolls Just Want to Have Fun, which is based on Girls Just Want to
1: Have Fun. Yeah, a play on that iconic song by Cyndi Lauper.
0: Yes, and I remember, and Barb, later towards the end, does reform. They could just learn to get along in harmony. And even if your music is different, it's good that we all just get along.
1: Definitely. Yeah, it's got a great community message, just like the first one. Now let's talk about the third film. Yes. If you haven't picked up on it, these films, being the musicals they are, have attracted a lot of voice actors who are also musicians. So the third one is taking that to a whole new level with a whole slew of artists that are big names and will play big to small characters including Camila Cabello, Kid Cudi, Troy Sivan, David Diggs, Amy Schumer, Andrew Rannells, RuPaul, Icona Pop, Keenan Thompson is back and Ander- Anderson .Pack is in this movie.
0: And I know Ron Fuchs is returning as Cooper and I know that Camila Cabello voices Poppy's long-lost sister Viva.
1: That's right. So what's the plot of this third movie, which is called Band Together? Because I thought it was kind of an interesting plot.
0: Branch gets re-knighted really with his long-lost brothers, John Dory, Clay, Floyd, Spruce, and they try to rescue his one of his brothers who was kidnapped by the new villains Velvet and Beaner, voiced by Amy Schumer and Andrew Randalls respectively, that, who they seem to be based off of the doll line which they had from back in the day called Betty Spaghetti.
1: Oh fun.
0: Yeah, that's what they seem to be like a reference to. And they go to a place which is like big and busy, kinda like New York or ho- ho- Hollywood or Vegas.
1: Yeah. And they go to rescue Branch's long-lost brother, with whom he was in a boy band. Glow Zell
0: will voice Grandma Rosie Puck, who was she was a posthumous character who was Branch's grandmother, who was tragically killed by a Bergen as it was revealed in the first movie.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And so they all go to try and help Branch's long-lost brother, with whom he was in a boy band when he was young.
0: Like, going on a daring and kind of perilous adventure.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because, Ezra, you mentioned earlier that this soundtrack will contain the first song to be released by the boy band, NSYNC, in over 20 years.
0: I know, and the plot is that Poppy with her sister and Branch with his brothers are going... On a daring rescue.
1: Yeah, to reunite. And in doing so, they reunite branches boy band. I know. So it's quite fitting that they have this reunion of NSYNC happening at the same time as that plot of the movie. I can't help but think it's intentional.
0: And this film is again directed by Walt Dorn.
1: Gotcha. Along with Mike Mitchell.
0: Yes. Mike Mitchell, I know, was the co-director of the first film.
1: Gotcha. So... With any luck, he'll, do, he'll work the same magic that he did on the first film, and this third film will be just as wonderful.
0: I know, yes. The first two movies were well-received by critics and received positive reviews and were also a financial success though the second movie was released during the lockdown on demand, and they made a lot of toys and merchandise. There were two holiday specials in 2017. First one was Trolls Holiday, which premiered on NBC in uh, 2017. And then there was Trolls Holiday in Harmony that premiered on NBC in 2021. And then there were two TV shows, Trolls The Beat Goes On on Netflix which was set after the events of the first film, and then Trolls Topia*, which was on Peacock and Hulu and was set after the events of the second movie. And both shows introduced some new characters.
1: Are any of those characters in going to be in the third film? I'm
0: not sure though, but one of the characters who was introduced in the show Trolls Topia was Holly Darlin, who was a, one of the country trolls.
1: So, this franchise has been highly successful in expanding into the streaming services and the TV realm, along with the toys and merchandise realm.
0: Oh, and also some theme park experiences it's had, like in Universal Parks, as well as two holiday specials.
1: Wow. How exciting. Well, yeah, I know. I know I'm excited to see what the third installment of the Trolls franchise has in store with this new feature film coming out in about a week. Yeah, I know. Exciting. All right. Any last things you want to say about the Trolls franchise, Ezra?
0: I love how it's become a big, successful franchise from DreamWorks. Because I remember it came out after DreamWorks at the time was struggling financially. And then it came out after it was acquired by Universal. And I know the first movie was originally by distributed by 20th Century Fox, but then it went to Universal and DreamWorks was successful financially again when they did Trolls and some other films after
1: that. Gotcha. Great. Well, let's move on into trivia then. Yeah. We have to answer last episode's question about Goosebumps. R.L. Stein, the author of the Goosebumps books, said that he was inspired to write those series by a set of classic comic strips that were scary that he read as a kid. What was the name of those comic strips?
0: The answer is Tales from the Crypt, which was a comic strip that was from the 1940s until the 50s.
1: And it was adapted into a show or something, right?
0: Yeah, and into like a few shows.
1: So it itself had a little spooky TV show, but it was an earlier series of youth oriented spooky stories similar to Goosebumps that R.L. Stein drew inspiration from. Yes,
0: yeah, so and now let's do a trivia question about trolls. In what scene in the first Trolls movie has a reference to the original troll dolls that look different from the ones they make today in the franchise from DreamWorks Animation?
1: If you think you know the answer, be sure to listen into the next episode.
0: Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Bye. Goodbye.